My wife and I had such a good time with you back in October. We enjoyed our time with you very much those few days. And this time I did not bring my wife because it was a men's retreat and she wouldn't quite fit in. But I brought a dear brother of mine in Christ. He was in my church from the very beginning when I was a pastor. He was in my men's groups. Uh, I have still two groups of eat my home, and, and Drew's a part of those groups. So I've known Drew now almost 30 years. He's a faithful brother in Christ. I asked if he would like to come. He took off from work so he could come. He has a very responsible position at Rubicon, which is a petrochemical company. And he travels a whole lot into different continents because he's the overseer of different plants in different places, South America, Canada, places like that. But Drew, you just stand up. This is Drew Fillingame. He, the men got to know him, and uh, I appreciate very much his coming. He has been faithful to pray, and Drew, it's been a, a great joy to have you with me. It's good to be with you folks again. For weeks now, there has been a passage of Scripture that has gripped me for this morning. I could not get away from it. I thought of three or four other directions I could go. But this one, I could not escape. I've not preached this passage in a, in a long time. But it so gripped my heart that I thought, this must be the Holy Spirit guiding me to share this message for purposes that only he understands. It's a very basic, fundamental truth, but it's a truth that's been lost in our day. I've been in this work a long time. I've been a pastor for over 50 years. And it's a grief to me, the truths that have escaped us in this modern generation On purpose, I read the old writers because they throw light on this generation. If you have your Bible, would you like to turn with me to John chapter 3, the passage about Nicodemus and being born again. And you've probably thought, well, I, I know that passage. But you know, in my own walk with the Lord, there are passages of Scripture that I have been over and over and over and over hundreds of times, but I keep going back to it because it's like going back to a fresh spring and getting another drink of water from the same spring. John's record says, beginning in verse 1 of John chapter 3, Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I grew up hearing about making a decision for Christ. And the impression was left that it's just up to you to make a decision for Christ. When I was in my late 20s, I learned about some missionaries that had been in the great Shantung revival of, of China. That was the 19 and 30s. Bertha Smith, Lucy Wright, Olive Lawton. At that time in my life, I was very desirous to know about revival. I wanted to know about this manifest presence of God that I had read about from individuals as well as those in revival. And so Lucy Wright had been a missionary nurse in China. For those of you old enough, she worked with Bill Wallace of China. If you read that book. And so I asked Lucy Wright. I had met her. She came for a missions conference at our association. And so I went over and made an appointment and went over and sat down with her. And I'll never forget that. I, we sat on the sofa side by side and I said to her, Miss Wright, what was it like, the revival? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, oh, the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus was so strong that you'd forget to eat. The presence of Jesus. And as we talked, she told me the story that she had been on the mission field for seven years. She was trained as a nurse. She had been to one of our Baptist seminaries, and she had been on the mission field for seven years. And there was a lady coming through named Marie Munson, and Marie Munson was from Norway. And she was a very stalwart woman of God, a very powerful woman of God. And she was going to come through this area of China where Lucy Wright was. And Lucy Wright had been told by somebody... Miss Monson will ask you if you've been born again. And Lucy Wright said to me that her response to the person who said that to her said, well, if she asked me if I've been born again, I'll slap her face. 
And Miss Monson came. And she was like this huge plow point, the Spirit of God. She had sought to know the fullness of God's Spirit and the anointing of God. And God had signally chosen this woman to use in this area of China, the Shantung and Hunan province of China. And she would come and she would speak. And the Spirit of God would deal with the hearts of people. And Miss Munz, uh, Miss uh, Wright discovered in that series of meetings that she, as a missionary nurse for seven years on the field, had never, ever been born again by the Spirit of God. Had she made a decision? She had made a decision. She made a decision to be a missionary. And she had served in China, which in those years was not an easy place. But she had never been born from above. I was in retreat conference ministry for a number of years. And we had other missionaries come through our retreat center. Never been born again. We had pastors and pastors' wives come through. Never been born again. And so Miss Monson's question was right. As she talked with missionaries, as she talked with Chinese, have you been born again? You see, I made a decision and joined the church when I was 14 years old. But it wasn't until I was 16 that I was born from above. And so the critical question for each of you is, have you been born again? And I would say to you parents who have children, little children, don't let them just make a decision for Jesus. Make sure they're born again. You see, what we've done, dear folks, as Southern Baptists, is we have wanted to add numbers to our church. We want everybody to be saved, and that's a worthy motive. But listen, Marie, Marie Monson would say to the missionaries, do not pick unripe fruit. Do not pick unripe fruit. Nicodemus was a religious man. He would tithe even the spices on the shelf in his kitchen. He would tithe them. He would fast twice a week. He obeyed the law as best he knew. He was a very religious man, but he had seen something about the Lord Jesus and the miracles that he did that got his attention. He knew there had to be something else that he didn't know about. And so he comes and he says, uh, no man can do the miracles that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus Christ didn't even respond. Jesus Christ saw the need of his heart. This man was living the law as best he understood and obeying all the intricacies of interpretation of the law. But Jesus went right straight to his heart and said to him, 
unless you are born again. And the real literal meaning is born from above. We'll explain that in a moment. Born from above, unless you are born from above, you will not see the kingdom of God. I'm going to share with you three simple truths. Easy to remember. First, new birth is a necessity. It is a necessity. I have dealt with many church members who had made decisions for Christ as children, but they weren't born again. And they'd come and realize they had never been born again from above. God did something in their heart. I had a lady come see me. I may have told this when I was here before. She'd been baptized three times. She had made decisions. Nothing stuck. I explained what it meant to be a Christian. She said, well, how do I get from here to, to there? What would you tell her? Well, let's get down here and pray another one of those sinner's prayers. By the way, there's no place in the New Testament where they pray a sinner's prayer. No place. Get down here and pray another sinner's prayer. She's already done it three times. Well, what you really need is to be baptized again. She's already been baptized three times. What was I going to tell her? I told her what the truth is. I said, only God can change your heart. Only God can change your heart. A zebra cannot change its stripes. A leopard cannot change its spots. You cannot change your heart. Only God can change your heart. And I said, if you just have to call on God for mercy. I said, you can come over here and kneel down and pray by the sofa and just call on God for mercy. And she got up and she came over. And before she ever hit her knees, she was sobbing. And she got down and called on God for mercy. She was born from above. And got up knowing God had changed her heart. And she went out to her car and she had been listening to certain kind of music when she drove up and parked in our driveway. And when she got in the car and turned the car on, the radio came on and she could no longer stand to listen to the music that she had just been listening to before she came to my house. Her heart had been changed by God himself. That's new birth. It must come from God. It is not a simple decision that you're going to change the way you live. That you're going to turn over a new leaf. That you're going to try to do better than you've been doing. 
that you want to join the church and be baptized and call yourself a Christian. Dear folks, hear me well. It is a work of God. Because only God can give you a new heart. You cannot change your heart. You cannot change your little child's heart. You can teach them how to live and do all the right things and bring them to church and put them in Sunday school. But you can't change their heart. That's the work of God. Probably the best definition I've heard of what's called regeneration, which is new birth, is it's when God plants a new life into your soul. And the governing disposition of your soul is made holy. Your old heart wants to do sin, live selfishly, and please yourself. But when God puts a new heart in you, the things you used to love you no longer want. You now want to become like Jesus and you want to get rid of sin. That's a new heart. Listen, Jesus said, you must, you must be born from above. What this does for Nicodemus is puts him in the position of helplessness because this is something he can't do. He's been fasting regularly, every week. He's been tithing. He's been obeying the law. He's been a very, very religious man among the most religious of the Jewish people. But what Jesus was saying to him is your religion is not going to do it, Nicodemus. You need a work from God. And if God doesn't do a work in you, you will never understand spiritual things and you will never enter the kingdom of God. Verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Jesus' point is proven. That very question proves the point of Jesus. Nicodemus could not understand this spiritual truth. Why? He didn't have new life. Corinthians says the natural man does not understand the things of God. The natural man cannot. There has to be the indwelling of the Spirit of God for man to even understand spiritual things. And Jesus then answers him, How can a man be born when he is whole? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He just didn't get it because he was dead 
A religious man dead in sins and trespasses. A religious man dead in understanding spiritually. Jesus answered, truly, truly. Now, when he says truly, truly, it's like Jesus is speaking in giant red letters and underlining it. This is very, 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 very important truth. Listen. Truly, truly. I say to you, unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. New birth is a necessity, and new birth is spiritual. Jesus probably is referring to a passage in Ezekiel. That which is born of the water is, uh, I mean, uh, unless man is born of the water and the spirit. In Ezekiel chapter 36, it talks about being cleansed by the water and a new spirit being put within us. That's one interpretation. There are other interpretations to what that means. Scholars have debated it for years. I prefer to think that because Nicodemus was a Pharisee and he knew the Old Testament quite well, he would have understood that Exodus passage in Exodus 36, 25 through 27. And he would have understood what Jesus is talking about is the cleansing that Ezekiel prophesied and the new spirit that Ezekiel was speaking about. You must be born by cleansing and the spirit of God if you will ever enter the kingdom of God. You need cleansing, Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee. You need a new heart, Nicodemus. He couldn't change his own heart. It had to come from God. And what Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Dear folks, Jesus is saying to this man, physical birth is a definite act. You know when a baby's born into the world. It's very definite. I just got a note from Janet Leach and Bobby now have another grandchild by Katie. Time of birth, Wait, name, definite. Jesus is saying spiritual birth is just as definite as physical birth. You were born physically in a definite moment of time from your parents, by your mother, you must be born specifically and definitely by the Spirit 
from God. And without it, you cannot spiritually understand. And without it, you will never enter the kingdom of God, which means you will never go to heaven. It doesn't matter how many decisions you've made for Christ. It doesn't matter how many baptisms you've had. It doesn't matter how much you've worked in the church. It doesn't matter how you've sung the songs in church. If God has not given you a new heart by the Holy Spirit, So the driving faction of your soul is to become like Jesus and get rid of sin and to honor him with all of your life. You'll never see God's kingdom. You'll never enter God's kingdom. There's a haunting verse in Matthew 7. Jesus said, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, did we not prophesy your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many wonderful works in your name? And Jesus said, and I will profess to them, I never knew you. The Greek construction means I never ever knew you. Depart from me into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. How sobering. How stunning. How shocking. People who did works in the name of Jesus, in the church, and some mighty deeds. I never knew you. But Lord, I sang in the choir. I never knew you. But Lord, I taught that Sunday school. I never knew you. But Lord, I gave my offerings for missions. I never knew you. But I prayed that prayer. I never knew you. And dear folks, the sad thing is, death seals your destiny. That's it. Once moment death comes, your eternal destiny is sealed. You're either his or you're not. New birth is a necessity. New birth is spiritual. And Jesus said, do not marvel 
Do not be surprised. Do not wonder that I would say to you, you must, you must, you must be born again. Or you will never enter. Never, never, never enter the kingdom of God. Now, if you look at verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. New birth is a necessity. New birth is spiritual. And new birth is a mystery. New birth is a mystery. Wind and spirit are the same Greek word. Context will tell you which it is. So Jesus is using the wind and the spirit, which is the same word, to get across to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, this is a mystery. In your religion, you have the rules, you have the law, you know exactly what you're supposed to do. But Nicodemus, this is something you cannot do. This is something only God can do. Only God can change your heart. Only God can cause you to be born by the Spirit. And Nicodemus, it's a mystery. We see the result of the wind. But who can tell where it comes from? Who can tell where it goes? The wind comes and the wind goes. And we do not know from whence nor to where. We just know there is a wind. And we see the results of it in the trees, or on the leaves. Nicodemus, just like the mystery of the wind, is the working of the Holy Spirit of God. A mystery, a mystery, surrounds everyone born by the Spirit. I'd made a decision at 14. I wasn't saved. I've seen people saved who weren't even looking to be saved. The wind of the Spirit came. I've seen others who've had to search and search and search until finally... God in mercy answered the cry of their heart. The very fact they wanted to be indicates God's Spirit was working with them. God's Spirit draws to Christ. Not to the church. Not to the pastor's invitation. God's Spirit draws to Christ. And if you've had a drawing to Jesus Christ, but you know something's not changed in your heart, He could be calling you to call out to him that he might change your heart.
And so new birth is absolutely necessary. It is spiritual and it is a mystery. And it's a work of God. Now, folks, this is why. It puts us at the place of helplessness. Unless you become as little children. It puts us at the place of helplessness and dependency on God alone. God, I have sinned against you. And unless you change my heart, I will keep on in my rebellion against you. And dear God, I know if I continue the way that I'm living in this sin, I will go to hell. And Lord, I have offended you and I've sinned against you. And Lord, I'm asking you, I'm asking you, be merciful to me. Be merciful to me. Be merciful to me. Grant me the privilege of being born by your Spirit. Only you can do it. I look no place else. I look to the cross of Christ. Lord, he died for me. He died for me. God, give me that new heart that will turn from sin and embrace him by faith so I can be your child forever and ever. I've been reading a little booklet by Paul Washer. I've never met Paul Washer. Don't know him. But in that booklet, he gives a powerful illustration. Do you like folks to read you a story? I'm going to read you a story. I want you to hear this because it illustrates the very thing I'm talking about. Paul Washer writes, let me give you a story, a story that is one of the most precious moments in my life as a Christian. I was preaching in Canada, just 30 kilometers from Alaska. There really were more grizzly bears in the town than there were people. It was a little church of about 15 or 20 people. And I was to preach. And just when I got up into the pulpit, this mountain of a man walked in in his 60s or early 70s. He could have whipped every one of us in this building. And as I preached, as I saw his face, I just threw everything away and started preaching the gospel. He was the saddest human being I had ever seen. I preached just gospel and more gospel. And when I was done, I walked from the pulpit directly to him. I said, sir... What is wrong? What is troubling your soul? I've never seen a man so sad and downhearted in all my life. He pulled out a manila envelope. It had some x-rays, which I could un couldn't understand. But he said, I just came from the doctor. I'm going to die in three weeks. That is what he told me. Then he said, 
Now I have lived all my life on a working cattle ranch. You can only get there by float plane or riding horses across the mountains. He said, I have never been to church. I've never read the Bible. I believe there is a God. And one time I heard somebody talking about some guy named Jesus. He said, I have never been afraid of anything in my life. I am terrified. I said, sir, do you understand the message, the gospel? He said, yes. Now, what would a major- have a majority of preachers done at that moment? Well, would you like to ask Jesus to come into your heart? That is what you would have done, or they would have done. I said, sir, you understood it? He said, I understood it. But is that it? He said, a child could have understood that. Is that all that it is, that I understand it and pray? Or I said, sir, you're going to die in three weeks. I have to leave tomorrow. I will cancel my plane ticket and we will stay here over the scriptures, wrestling and crying out to God until you are either converted or you die and go to hell. And so we began. I began in the Old Testament, the New Testament, every verse of Scripture dealing with the promises of God regarding redemption and salvation. Over and over, time after time, reading John 3.16, praying for a while, crying out to God, questioning the man regarding repentance, regarding faith, regarding assurance, working until till Christ be formed in him. And then finally, just exhausted that evening, there was no breakthrough. There was nothing. And I said, sir, let's pray. And we prayed. I said, sir, read John 3.16 again. He said, we have read this a million times. I said, I know. But it is one of the greatest promises of salvation. Read the text again. And I will never forget it. He had my Bible on his lap in those big mountainous hands of his. And he said, okay. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. I'm saved. I'm saved. Brother Paul, all my sins are gone. I have eternal life. I'm saved. I said, how do you know? He said, haven't you ever read this verse before? (laughs) What was going on? A work of the Spirit of God instead of those little tricks you try. Have you have you been born again? It doesn't matter how long you've been a church member. Have you been born again? Parents don't push those little children into making a decision. Wait until God does his work, and you'll see it. You'll see it. Hannah Griffin's going to come sing for us.
I would invite you. You may be a church member. You may be a visitor from outside, never been to church before. You can come and kneel and ask God for mercy. Pastor, would you be here at the front? If you want somebody to counsel with you, the pastor will give you guidance. But folks, new birth is necessary if you're going to enter God's kingdom. New birth is spiritual. It's by the Holy Spirit.